Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, dear listeners. It is I, William Powell, otherwise known as the king of DC media. Tonight, my guest is up-and-coming actress Jalisa Capri, who recently played in the CBS TV show Blue Bloods and will appear in 2017 in the film Nat Turner, Story of a Prophet. I see she's on the line, so let me go ahead and bring her on the air. Good evening. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Absolutely. So how did you book the role of Natalie Foster on Blue Bloods? So a long journey as an artist, but uh, with that role uh, and manager that I was working with from Talent Express, she called and was like, I have this great audition for you. Are you available? And I was, when I saw what it was, I was like, of course I am available. And I went in, uh, we had like the first audition um, and I just had to like calm myself in the room because it's a big casting agency where I, I always wanted to get into but never had the opportunity to. So I kind of had to have that talk with myself to get all the actor anxiety out. And I went in and I did a good job. And then uh, and within two days they sent me to the, uh, like, they sent me to, like, I guess the final callback uh, where it was in front of, like, a room full of people um, and they were, like, the executives and the writer and the producers and things like that. And it was a very small, intimate space. And I just had to block them out, completely zone out, and just zone into the scene. And then a couple of days later, I, they let me know I booked it. So it was awesome. Nice. It was yeah, a Jalisa, quick can I get you to step a little closer to the horn there? I, I, you're kind of, oh, can uh, you hear me? Voice is a little bit uh, not, not clear. Oh, sorry. How about now? That's a lot better. Thanks. Okay. So you were able to, to zone everything out. So how did you do that? How did you stay in the zone? Huh. Uh, meditation was very hard. You care for what? Hello? I'm, I'm losing you. Ooh. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you a lot better now. So meditation okay. and what else? As far as just as zoning in and saying, like, who is this character that you're playing? Like, does it matter about the other people in the room? All you need to do is just be truthful to the, the character that you're playing and the circumstances that you're in. So having that conversation with myself really helped. It helped me zone out of, like, the actual space that I was in and zone into the area that the character was playing. Hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that character. What, what were some of her st- circumstances? So Natalie Foster is living in a community that uh, there was a lot of, like, uh, violence, and uh, so it was very – and then she had a young child. So uh, she had a response. And also her cousin is someone who was affected by the violence and got shot. So she saw the violence all around her, and she knew that it was a place where she wasn't really supposed to be talking about things because anyone that stood up to the guy who was, uh, like – who was the main guy in charge, would either get killed or, like, their family members would get killed. But she felt that enough was enough and that she needed to have a stand 
at least for her child and her family. So she kind of let them know. And in a way, we call it snitching, what you would do, but it's, I don't think it was snitching. For me, it was really just making a stand for her community, which I think is very relevant to what we're going through today. Absolutely. So how did the Blue Blood set differ from other sets you've been on? It was, um, I was, like, First off, I was my first time ever having a trailer, so that was something that was awesome. Um, and, like, uh, I was very nervous, actually, when I went into because the makeup trailer that we had, um, it was with the main stars of the cast and everything, and I was like, okay, I'm really here. This is really happening. And uh, we had, like, a read on set because, you know, in other cases, you may have, like, a table read or something like that beforehand, but TV runs so fast, you don't really have the opportunity. So we uh, went to the set, and then we kind of did, they call it a, a blue blood read. So we just read with the script in hand and then went around and then did the scene. And then, like, we went, uh, and then we went to our places and kind of tried to feel it out. And that was really awesome because it, it was like everything sped up into one short period of time. So I enjoyed that challenge. It was really fun. And, like, the cast was amazing. They have great energy and they, like, you know, we feed off of each other and that was great. So it was it was a great, surreal, awesome experience. Yeah, and uh, so when when they actually shot, how many takes did you get? Hmm, uh, I had a stand-in, which was new and amazing as well. So when they were setting up the shots and stuff, I didn't have to do that. So we probably actually only did it about four times or so, but uh, then they had to change the angle of the camera. So probably about three or four times in each angle, total of maybe 12 times. So, and that was interesting as far as making sure that I hit the mark at the same place and, um, you know, which is, that's normal on any set, but it was just, it was cool. It was a great experience. Hmm. And how long was your day? How long was that day? The wait is actually a lot longer than the time on set. Um, so like I said, since there was a standing and stuff, I didn't have to really be there when they were setting up the different angles. Um, so that's when we would go to our chairs and have a seat. So it was probably about a uh, seven-hour day. So okay, setting up cameras bad. and, yeah, not too bad. It was really good. Hmm. Now let's t- take a step back and talk about how Howard University prepared you for your career. Howard was an amazing experience as far as, like, it taught – so let's let's lead up to Howard. Beforehand, um, I started acting when I was younger, around eight. Um, I knew I wanted to be an actor because, I, you know, I used to watch Michael Jackson all the time, and I knew I wasn't <laughs> a singer. Yeah, I know, typical, but I, like – and I, I saw him on TV, and I saw the impact that he made. And I wanted to yeah. do something where I can have that type of power and influence and I found that my mother sent me to a Theodore Charm School, and the first thing I ever performed at a young age was Maya Angelou, Still I Rise. And with that, I was able to see, I was able to transform into the character and then step out and then have, you know, see the reaction of the audience. And I thought, I think I like this, you know. And then I went to a performing arts middle school, which was Michael E. Birdie. No, Michael E. Birdie was my it was my elementary. So I went to uh, Mark Twain for the Gifted and Talented, and we had to audition to get in there. So that was my first real audition experience. And then I went to the Professional Performing Arts School, um, which was, uh, you know, the fame school or 
LaGuardia and PPAS go back and forth, but we say it's the original fame school. And then um, I was able to go to Howard. Um, and I think Howard was the place that brought it all together for me because uh, in the other places, I was basically the only African-American person in my class. So a mm-hmm. lot of the roles that were for African-Americans, you know, you kind of get that automatically, and it made it a little bit harder to get the other roles that you wanted. But at Howard, it's mainly all of us, and you really have to work and hustle and get it done. And I will say they definitely taught us, like, the tenacity that we needed to have and, like, just, like, what is your unique you? Like, and how do you stand out and how do you – make that transition from school into the real world. And I think they kind of really prepared us for that by not giving us, not baby stepping us in, but kind of throwing us in and saying, figure it out. So Howard did a hmm. lot of me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any favorite uh, professors at Howard? Yeah. One of my favorites was Al Freeman Jr. And he passed, but he was, amazing like Al Freeman let's see what he's well known and uh I loved him like because he did not let you get away with anything and like he often like he would ramble a lot at times but there were gems in what he said and like he would give you the whole entire story and you would have to find the gems within it but it was it was great, and he also made sure that uh, we were kind of prepared for theater and film. So in one of the classes, he would uh, we set up cameras and all around the theater arts department, and kind of just made that happen. And I guess he the, he made he yeah. I'll just say I'll tell you for example like I um I often got A's and stuff because I graduated summa cum laude from Howard and uh, oh nice. It's, yeah, so it was often a little bit easier. But as far as with his class, he made sure, he said, well, that may be, he gave me an A minus one time. And I was like, well, no, actually, I'm sorry, it was a B plus. And I was like, I had to sit down at his office. I was like, well, why did you give me that? I did really well. He was like, that wasn't your best. And I'm not going to allow you to slack up just because you are able to do exactly what you're supposed to do. I know you have more in you. So I'm not going to give yeah. you the grade that you think you want or that you even feel you deserve because I want to make sure that you push to your limit and you didn't push to your limit this time. And I appreciated that. At the time, I was not so happy about that. But in the long run, yeah. I really appreciated that as far as, like, even if it's something that looks good to the outside, if it's not your best, then it's you need to do better. So he was hard wow. in the best way. Yeah, having those those high standards, very important. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. miss him a lot. I wish he was still here, but, you know, Aww. he left us with him, and it, it's our duty to carry on his legacy. Yeah, very wise man. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Nat Turner's story of a prophet. Who do you play there? Cherry, which is uh, Nat Turner's wife. Um, and nice. we actually started out as a, in, as a theater piece, Um Kenya Cagle, who is an amazing writer, um, he has a film called Nat Turner's Story of a Prophet. And, like, he has, uh, you know, the family actually backs him on this project because he did a lot of the research for it. So, granted, there is a Nat Turner story out right now, but it is not as historically accurate as it should be. And um, the research that was done in this 
has a lot more of the historical accuracies that are true to Nat Turner and true to the prophecies that he saw and true to actually the life that Cherry had afterwards. So I, I am honored to be a part of this project. And um, I believe Bill Duke is supposed to be uh, directing it as well. So that's an amazing thing too. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so we did the play and it had great feedback and, um, the guy who plays Nat Turner in this, I hear Nixon Caesar, he is so great. Like he brings like a true life to Nat Turner. And it was, it was great to be able to like, we played off of each other very well. And so just to be able to step in those historical shoes is a blessing. And I am, I am very well looking forward to, uh, to see how far this project can go. Nice. Nice. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, Playing with fire. So, what what character do you play there? Um, playing with fire was interesting. Um, as far as that was show was very important to me because I uh, actually got my equity card with that show, which is often hard. Um, I played this supporting character. Her name was Adele, and she was kind of the uh, sassy uh, maid per se, but she kind of had her ear and everything and knew what was going on around and kind of, uh, she was, she was very interesting <laughs> just to say the least. And, uh, I, this show, like I said, was very important to me because we started off in a small theater and then we ended up getting a off Broadway contract with that. And with that, I ended up getting my equity card and, uh, Leslie Lee, who also passed, but was, he was amazing. He was uh, a part of the New Federal. No, no, it wasn't New Federal for this one. I'm sorry. It was the Negro Ensemble Company. And um, he was able to take August Strindberg's work and turn it more modern because uh, Playing With Fire is originally an older piece by August Strindberg, and he made it something that was relatable to us. So I had a great time, and it, I was blessed to not have to go through all the points that you have to go through to get to equity. I was kind of just bumped up through by the grace of God. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So what's been your most challenging role? Hmm. I would say, actually, so far, it was Raisin in the Sun. And I'll say that because uh, Benita is a very – She's a challenging character as far as she's very multifaceted, and she also has those really low moments and dark times where, like, she's talking about what happened to Rufus and, uh, you know, when he got his head split down the middle and stuff. And that was that monologue was like, ah, it, like, it, it hit a deep place in my soul. And at the same time, when we got an extension for that show, I had to find a different motivation because the things that I was using as, as memory recall, as sensory recall, in order to get myself in a place where I really felt what was going on, it passed. And it was like, oh, wow, so that's what really happens when a show goes on for a long time. You can't use the same thing. You have to find new motivations. You have to pull from a different place because your body gets numb to a certain point. It's like, oh, we know that. Okay, that makes us cry. All right, well, it doesn't make us cry anymore. What else do you have? And so to have to pull from a different place was very challenging, but it was great at the same time. I always love a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you grow, challenges. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So now if you could work with any director anywhere, living or dead, that you have not worked with before, who would that be? Hmm, that list is long and wide, but the first person that came to my mind right now was Denzel Washington, and the reason why I say that is because I know that he is about, he has the rights to do, to direct August Wilson, the August Wilson series, and I know he's starting off with Fences, but the fact that he has the whole cycle, he's amazing as an actor, so I know him as a director, he would be an actor director, which, and to be able to work with a great like that who is working on great work, August Wilson, would be a dream come true. That That is definitely in my top <laughs> things that, people that I would love to work with. Nice, nice. So what's your what's unique about your brand as an actress? Hmm. I think the authenticity that I bring to the work. Like I fully commit because I think as an actor it's my duty to to be able to take on this character and to be able to to share their story with the world. Like I love projects where I'm giving a voice to the voiceless and I am able to like to ha- for someone to have a conversation about it the, at the end. So I I just like like my authenticity. I think that's my I fully commit and I I love that. I love historical pieces. I love even things that aren't historical where I can just you're, you're left talking about something at the end. Oftentimes, like lately when I go into auditions, they say that I'm the young Angela Bassett, which is big shoes to <laughs> fill, and I am, yeah. I, that is, uh, <laughs> that's an honor and a scare all at the same time. But uh, wow, so work like that. Yeah. Nice. Very, and it's, very And for nice. me, it's a lot, this right now is nerve-wracking. It's a lot easier to, or it feels, I feel so much more at home in the body of a character than I do in my own skin at times. That's how I know that that's kind of my path that I was supposed to be on. Yeah, that that's true. You can kind of hide behind the character a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming up near, <laughs> we're coming up near the end. So, talk about what you have coming up next in 2017, and then how fans can keep up with you. So, uh, right now, I am about to do a play called Faith Under Fire, which is about. Um, this, and it's a true story about LaJoyce Brookshire, who uh, had a husband who had HIV but never let her know. And um, mm. so he gave her HIV, and this is a true story. He gave her – no, he didn't give it. She, he had it, and um, she ended up finding out when he got really sick. And he believed mm. – the reason why he didn't let her know was because he wanted to have someone to die with. But lo and behold, the Lord was good and saved her and spared her, and she did not contract it. So uh, it kind of just talked, the story talks about her journey, and I play her best friend um, who kind of helps to guide her through uh, everything that's happening in her life. And uh, so that's something that I have coming up now. Um, In the future, like we talked about a moment ago, the Nat Turner story of a prophet, God willing, everything goes through with that. Um, let's see what else. There's uh, another film that's slated, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm walking down the road and hoping uh, or praying that God leads me in the right road. And I guess the way it stays in touch with me is 
I have a website, which is www.jalesa, J-A-L-E-E-S-A-C-A-P-R-I.com. So it's just my name, jaleesacapri.com. Or follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and it's all my name, Jaleesa Capri. So keep it pretty simple. Fantastic. Jaleesa, this was fantastic. I'm definitely going to have you on again, and uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Okay, you have a blessed night. You too. Bye. All right, good night. Okay, so folks, uh, remember that you can find us out on Facebook if you search for the group uh, Inside Actor Radio Show, uh, listeners and guests. Uh, if you just go out there, if you just Google us, uh, Inside Acting, uh, definitely if you go to Twitter, uh, Inside Underbar Acting, you can find out a little bit more about the show there as well. And uh, next week, we have a uh, fantastic show next week. We have uh, actor and author Jay Chapin, uh, who wrote a book about uh, Ben Franklin. He's going to be on the show. And then also from New York City, we have uh, Puya Mosini. She's a lovely actress from New York City. And also, hold on for our Super Bowl show. We're going to have a Super Bowl show in February. So we're going to have an exciting 2017. So stay tuned. So let me leave you with the thought of doing something for your career every day and break a leg. Night. Looking for a show to see this weekend? Look no further than DC Metro Theater Arts. They've got reviews, Q&As with actors, and much, much more. Visit dcmetrotheaterarts.com. That's dcmetrotheaterarts.com. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find